Hello, and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 75. I am M, your host. With me is regular co-host Jackson Tyler. Say hello. Hi. Hi, hi. And we have a special guest today, Crystal. Crystal, please identify yourself and let people know what you're about. Hi, that's me. I'm Crystal. Uh, I do a couple podcasts over at the Audio Entropy Network. I do the Book of Medora podcast, where we talk about the lore of the Legend of Zelda video game series. And I do the Let's Plays podcast, where we objectively and scientifically rank every video game according to quality. Uh, what's the best video game right now? I believe it is currently Undertale. Hmm. Okay. I've seen the list. I got mad I've at the not, list. I've not, se- I've not seen the list, so. <laughs> you can check the uh, list at bit.ly slash Let's Plays. Okay, I'm not going to do that because it'll derail this it'll podcast de- so hard. We'll never get back. Uh, we have <laughs> had sessions with me and Molly recording Amory School where we went through the list, and I was like, "What science are you using?" Uh, and it's Molly a very had to explain. <laughs> yeah, Molly had to explain. Uh, it's a wild podcast. I assume the science is whatever everyone argues down into the list each time. It's way more of a comedy podcast than the ones yes. we are imagining in my head. Because I was like, this is not scientific. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's ranking of fighters with a podcast, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. When we did the live show, it was very interesting to see in the audience who was expecting a very <laughs> serious show and who understood that it was a comedy podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, if you went in there expecting a very serious show, I bet you had a really bad time. <laughs> well, people like Matt no, there were like, oh. there were a couple people who were wearing Sonic hats who were in the front who were in the front row, and they, they did not only... laugh once, and they left halfway through, and they seemed very disappointed. I mean, that's probably your fault for saying that Sonic is a piece of shit and always has been. That's I'm, true. I'm a Sonic liker. I'm joking. That's not that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm, the Sonic fans. God, I, I guess I'm a Sonic fan. We had this. Re- uh, I was talking to him the other day, and we both realized that we are technically Sonic fans. That's who we are. We have to embrace I, it. I don't know if I'd call myself a Sonic fan culturally. Like- exactly. That's why it's weird. But we are right. We like a lot of Sonic games. Um. Yes, but does, is that what is that all that's required to be a Sonic fan these days? I don't think that's true. I think you need more than that. Being a Sonic fan means being extra special. Okay. Well. Is being a fan of something equivalent to liking it? Is that like ontologically the discussion? That's well, a like bigger capital discussion. capital S Sonic capital F fan is like a thing. That's like a culture all of its own. That is not just I like Sonic games. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're yes. spiritually a Sonic fan, but not religiously a Sonic fan. <laughs> What's your opinion on Sonic Dogma, the next Sonic game? Uh, is there a dog in it? That's cool. I, <laughs> Sonic there, I don't think there's a dog in Sonic. Oh god, Sonic Dog there's the dog leading a church that Sonic has to blow up. No, that's too far. I don't you Animals are not evil in Sonic, Jackson. That's not true. They can yeah, be like evil aligned, but they always join you at some point. Sure, but like so does Eggman. I don't know. I feel like they, they make a bunch of No, Eggman evil is creatures. Evil. Eggman is evil. Mm-hmm. Eggman puts the animals into robots. Like Eggman is clearly evil. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yes. Uh, well, so what has everybody been playing? Jackson, you get to go first. Do I? <laughs> yes. <laughs> do I? Okay. Uh, yeah. I. Um. Hmm. Which game? I don't. I have two games, and I don't know which one will annoy you more. Pick one. I don't care. Okay. Well, I played Metal Gear Survive. Okay. Um. That that is not the answer. I don't know what it. What was the other game? Just to test what how annoying. Oh, the bleed. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, Bleed would annoy me way more. But let's talk about Metal Gear Survive. Yeah, no, I played I played that game. It's fine. Uh, watching it become a like huge discourse hurricane has been kind of hilarious and annoying because I care just enough to be annoyed by it, but only because I don't care. Like I'm kind of free. I had my blow up over a Metal Gear with five. I had a fucking two year period of going back and playing that game a lot, but hating it the whole time. Um, and now all the other Metal Gear fans seem to be having this uh, this time. Uh, do you want to fun- tell people what Metal Gear Survive is? Okay, so Metal Gear Survive is uh, a video game based 
uh, on like the wreckage of Metal Gear Solid V The Phantom Pain, which was a big open world stealth game that came out in 2015. This is a survival game uh, with zombies. You go into the dust, which is a like, low visibility area, kill a bunch of zombies, get a bunch of resources. You, you, know, you do that over and over again. It's a survival game. Uh, there is a loop of going into the place to unlock the map, to get resources, to get more resources, to get more weapons, to unlock better ways to get through the map. And that's what you do the whole game. It's just one of those. Um, and as one of those, it's fine. I like. I think I had a good time with it. Um, I don't think it's necessarily uh, a bad one. Uh, I I am a survival mode enjoyer and a horde mode enjoyer. So if you want to play the multiplayer, it's a horde mode. If you want to play the single player, it's a survival game. I enjoy both of those things, and it's fine. Uh, I think the story is like bad, but I do appreciate the ridiculous meta text of it. It's kind of hilarious as all Metal Gear meta text is like it's a game about itself and about how much they're like, oh man, this is a weird thing, um, which is what they've all been for the last decade, uh, for good or ill. Some would say mostly for ill. Um, and yeah, so it's been fine. I just think it's an okay game and everyone's getting really angry about it, but not for like the reasons of like Konami being an abusive company, just for dumb or tourist worship reasons. Uh, so it's strange. It's a weird thing. I enjoyed my time. I shot a bunch of zombies with bows. It was good. Uh, you told me, you just said the words uh, Metal Gear Solid Five came out in 2015, and my heart shriveled up. So that's <laughs> why, the, that's why? the part I'm still stuck on. Because if you had asked me, I would have told you that game came out early last year. No, that game came out. That game, well, that game was coming out for fucking ever. That game was first revealed in 2012. You played that game three years ago. Yes, yes, I did. Oh. I played every Metal Gear game three years. Ago. 20, 2015 was the year I did it. 2015 was the year. It can't be three years. I'm I so sorry so you had to go through that, Jackson. I know. Look, um, why are we still here just to suffer, etc., etc.? <laughs> Crystal, what have you been playing? Yeah, I don't know. People, <laughs> like, if you look at the the lineage of portable ops to Peace Walker to Phantom Pain nope. to Survive, like it's within that framework. So I don't know if nope. people are so mad other than that they love Kojima. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I think. Haha, <laughs> fuck you, Em. We've got someone here who cares about talking about Metal Gear. This is oh, hoisted. the hell out of Metal Gear. Yeah, you Crystal, will. Crystal, Crystal, <laughs> what have you been playing? Uh, let's see. I've been playing Warrior Land 3, but beyond that, I've played about <laughs> two-thirds of The Last Guardian. Uh, d- tell us about The Last Guardian. What is The Last Guardian for people who don't, do not know? So The Last Guardian is a game where you are a small child and your only companion is a large animal that is kind of a cat, but also a dog, but also a bird, but also a dragon. And they, the simulation on this animal, Trico, is extremely good. Like, they clearly spent 10 years making making him into a believable animal. Like, I look at him, I look at my dog, and they clearly spent a lot of time studying the behavior of animals and recreating it here. Uh, you, you hang out with Trico and you and him are trying to escape this weird prison ruin things that's in a giant hole in the ground because you don't want to be here. You want to go back home. Uh, how did you find the game so far? I liked it. Uh, I, hmm. it's very much more in the lineage of eco than in shadow of the Colossus. And I, I didn't I never liked Eco very much. Uh I also didn't don't like Eco very much, but I do like The Last Guardian. Uh I don't know what the difference is. Uh maybe it's just the like grandeur of Trico as just a giant dog dragon that hangs around you all the time. Uh I generally think the puzzles are a little more f- straightforward in Last Guardian. Um but I don't know if that's just like the era in which I played it or not. Uh, I like Last Guardian a whole bunch though. Yeah, for me, it's entirely Trico. I want to hang out with Trico. I want to play with Trico. I don't know so much about moving my way through the ruins. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Trico looks adorable. Every bit of footage of that game is like, wow, this dog, this dragon thing. It's good. Yep. It's also really good at capturing the idea of like a thing that is large and majestic, but still like fragile and vulnerable. Like that thing is powerful enough to destroy you in like a single strike if it wanted to. But also like whenever you do anything perilous, that whole thing looks like you and it are about to be destroyed. 
Aww. Aww. And like Trico, it, like has clearly been like abused in the past. Like whenever it gets into a fight, it it gets all hecked up for a while, and you have to like climb it and calm it down. Like it's okay, buddy. We're not in danger anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh but yeah, I like that a lot. I have been playing a part-time UFO, which yes. is a new mobile game released by HAL uh, Laboratory, which is the group of Nintendo that makes Kirby games. Uh, they released this phone game. It's out on iOS and Android for $4. Um, I don't like Nintendo's mobile games, like straight through. I played all of them. They've all been bad. This is the exception. In this, you play cute little UFO who crashes on Earth and you meet this farmer who like what your crash did like knocked all the oranges off his truck and he's like you need to pick those up because you made a mess and I w- refuse to do it myself and so you pick it up with your little like UFO crane and then he's like oh good job I'm gonna pay you this is how it works you do work you get paid that's how people survive on this planet and so suddenly you now are like fishing for part-time jobs to like pay rent and live in your apartment um which is you just look through the job listings and do these tasks, which are the chap- the levels of the game, like the chapters. And in each one, it's like a crane game where you are use the crane on your UFO to pick things up and stack them. But you do that in ridiculous scenarios with strange metal criteria, like, oh, these cheerleaders want to be put in like a great pyramid. And uh, one girl who has her hands up has to be holding up the girl who's like standing with her legs spread in the right way to be lined up. And also the whole tower has to be over 3.5 meters tall. And if you do that, you get all the medals and the medals unlock new levels onward and onward. Um, it's cute. Uh, I've heard people say it's really hard. I suggest to those people go slow. The timer is actually really generous. Um, and if, if you just take your time, the game is not as hard as just trying to like hurry, hurriedly get through it makes it out to be. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of sway on the objects. But if you stop and let the thing stop swaying, it's really easy. Just put things down very precisely. Um, I like it a lot. I think it's very cute and very fun. Yeah, it kind of just dropped out of the blue, didn't it? I know some people knew it was coming, but to most people it was a surprise. I couldn't tell. um, Yeah, I I did not know about it. It just showed up. And I was like, yeah, I'll buy that, sure. Uh, which is cool because I I like Hal a lot. I have I played a couple of Kirby games, but not that far. Uh, and they they seem very cute. They do good stuff. I'm glad they're making just weird things on yeah. phones. Apparently, aesthetically, it's much closer to like uh, Rhythm Heaven or something. Like it, it reminded me of that. Is Rhythm Heaven yes. Hal? No, that's someone else. No, that's the Warrior team. That's like a Nintendo R and D group. I don't remember the actual name of it because there's oh, so right. many Nintendo yes. groups. Yes. Rhythm Heaven. Rhythm Heaven's good. Yes, it is good. But yeah, good phone game. Go figure. They exist. Yep. Doesn't. Uh, can you put money into it to unlock th- wives? No, it's just four dollars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Fire it. Emblem was last month. Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. God. All right. All we right. are going to take a musical break, and we will be back with our uh, game club this month, which is Wario Land Three. If you would like to choose a game club, you can go to patreon.com slash mapping and for an array of uh, levels, you can pledge to support our network, and for $10 a month, you too can pick a game for us to play. Uh, Crystal chose Wario Land 3, which is released uh, by in 2000, the year 2000, the heady years of 2000, on the Game Boy Color. Uh, this was developed by Nintendo R&D 1, directed by Takahiko Hosokawa. This is the third Wario Land game. Wario, of course, is like the evil Mario that spun off of Wario Land. Uh, Wario Land 2, is Six Golden Coins, introduced Wario as like the villain. 
And from that, there was Wario, Mario Land Three. Is it, Mario Land Three is just Wario Land, right? That's it's Mario Land Three Wario Land. Yeah, is that that's correct. correct. Yeah. And then yeah. Wario Land Two is the yes. Oh, uh, you forgot one. Virtual Boy Wario Land. I did forget Virtual Boy Wario Land. That is true. I I there didn't even know swear that by that game. So, uh, well, th- they can swear by that game all they want. I will never play it for it is on the Virtual Boy. <laughs> <laughs> um. With uh, Wario Land 2, it introduced the idea that Wario is a character who can't die for whatever reason the plot decides, and thus he gains abilities and, like, suits almost in a Kirby-esque manner by being attacked by enemies, and if he's set on fire, he's Fire Wario, and if he's been smushed, he is Flat Wario, and can slide into, like, low-ceilinged areas. Um, That's kind of how the game works in general. This game in particular is a giant open-world game where there are four maps with worlds in each... Uh, you unlock them in a non-linear fashion. There is a day-night cycle. Every time you complete a level, it advances to the next uh, time of day. Uh, each level has four treasures to get. That, uh, Like the first one, whenever you unlock the level, you can easily just go in and get the gray treasure. And then the later ones are always locked by getting power-ups in uh, throughout the game as you get the ability to break new blocks and swim fast underwater and all the sorts of things you, Wario can do. Pick up enemies and throw them. Stuff like that. Crystal, why did you pick Wario Land 3 for us to play? Wario Land 3 is a game that I played a lot as a kid, and I I didn't really appreciate it as much until I started playing more video games, and I realized that there's not really anything else like it out there. Even the other Wario Land games don't quite replicate its same formula, because Wario Land 2 has the immortality and the shape-shifting elements but it's not like a metroid castlevania game the way this one is and then warrior land 4 also has some of the same elements but it's also not a metroid castlevania and you're not immortal in it so yeah it's pretty unique in the world of platformers and that's why i wanted to talk about it yeah okay uh, I played Wario Land 2 when I was young and uh, did not play this game until we did it for this. Uh, yeah, In my memory, Wario Land 2 is a much more straightforward game. It just happens to have the immortality mechanic. Um, this game can be a bit labyrinthine uh, if you are not ready for it. Um, Jackson, how about we I, start with you? I was not ready for it. <laughs> uh, I, like hate this game and it's a real bummer because i don't actually think it's terrible uh and i'm glad that the two of you are here so it's not just me like arguing this game sucks to people who enjoy it um because i just thought that essentially it was just a mind-numbing series of awful puzzles uh and the immortality made everything like take far longer than it needed to because instead of dying it means you get like knocked off the edge and then have to go through a swimming maze to get back to the boss because of course you do uh and you can't complete a level until you figure out like uh the way to the key but because there's multiple keys every like every level has about six different paths and the only way to know the correct path is to just go to every path that is like available to you and to its end until you see the one you can like complete so it feels less like solving puzzles and more like poking at a really long really uh like completely obfuscated maze uh and it was just incredibly frustrating to me uh at m's advice uh just to see how i felt about it i went back and checked out Wario Land 2 to see if, like, I enjoyed that game more. And it's much better. It's just, it's, like, much more of just a platformer. You don't have to, like, unlock all your abilities in the same way. I can do my ground pound from the start. I can swim. Like, these... You can't do those things until you've found the right door uh, and the right key in order to find them in uh, Wario Land uh, 3. And there's no indication as to what is what. You just kind of poke at things until you like things come out. And it just felt very, very frustrating for me. Um, and I don't want to go on too much about it because, like, you know, I, I, I know you two both li- like it a lot. Um, and I don't think you're necessarily wrong. But I, I really bounced off this game hard and was, like, surprised at how much... Uh, how much that was true for me um so the thing that i thought was really interesting is you yesterday you laid down all of the things that you had as complaints about the game yes and uh i agreed with every one of them like none of them are wrong like (laughs) factually this is what the game is like because you don't have death the way in which the game like 
gate keeps you from progressing forward is by when you hit the wrong thing or you take damage in a way where you normally would have used health, lost health, instead you just lose progress. Like it warps you down a screen, you turn to a zombie and fall through a platform, you lose the power, like the firepower you needed to like burn through a brick or something. Um, the and that is specifically is like oh like the game is literally wasting my time for like when I fail instead of having to just redo because I died I have to redo because I have to reset to where I can start the path again um and like mechanically while it's like oh this game doesn't have death that's interesting the end result is actually the same thing and might actually be a little more tedious it's uh, much more tedious specifically in the bosses if this game just killed you and had a checkpoint right for the boss where you could try again that would be much better because these bosses sometimes if you fail getting back to them takes longer than the actual fight in which you failed i've had that happen multiple times which yes. i admit is very aggravating there's like this is a slower paced game that definitely is meant to not be played in the way we play it where we're like we both played this in a week like we had a podcast to do um, yes this was like uh because this was a, a episode that we scheduled this time because i'm very busy at the moment so we're like we'll get this out of the way and you can focus on uni work and then i'm just like doing the same boss for an hour or like climbing a ladder and then trying to choose on which like rung to jump off in order to reach the key on the left side of the screen this is like this is a specific gray key fairly early in the game uh where you have to get crushed and you climb the ladder and you have to be this like uh crushed warrior so you can fit into this gap um but i jumped off every rung and still couldn't make it in and it took me like hours in order to find the exact space on the exact rung where i could jump and actually slide into that gap it was what i was so done with my entire life when i had finished that level um it was yeah it was a whole thing uh it's um, it's a rough game in a lot of ways uh which is interesting because actually like the thing i'm going and playing it uh having played wireland 2 like in my memory like that game was pretty fixed is what it was like i was just surprised at the like wild ambition of this game like mm -hmm. the way it's a non-linear and the way you can just kind of tackle anything in any order like you run up a lot of against a lot of dead ends and the way the game like gives you a hint of you can just go back to the temple uh, where you start and it'll tell you, hey, there, you can get something in this level. It'll just show you where there's something clearly you can get is nice. Uh, that signposting should be a little more laborious, pro uh, less laborious to get to probably than walking across the map every time. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, like outside of the speed at which his game works, uh, I, I enjoy it. Uh, specifically, I think you in particular would have problems like thinking about it after talking to you last night. Uh, there is much documentation on abnormalmapping.com of you playing through Mario games and <laughs> Mega Man games. And what is the one thing I was always super aggravated about how you play platformers is you just f like headbutt your way through by running into enemies and taking damage and forcing yes. your way through areas. <laughs> yes. My way of playing platformers is like kind of sloppy because I, I want to go fast. I want to sense of momentum. This is not a... It's not a platformer. Like, you jump on things, but I think the jumping feels, like, really bad. Because um, it's not I, like I, go, I mean, it is, a, it is a puzzle platformer, and the emphasis is on the puzzles. But if you consider, like, my interpretation um, of this series, like, coming into it, was, like, this is essentially what came after the Mario Land games. The, like, we put Mario on, uh, on the Game Boy. So I didn't expect like the jumps to be so like awkward and more defined than Mario's like it has it's completely unique feel and if you're coming to it from the perspective of oh yeah I like Nintendo platformers I like to jump on things and shoot them like it's just a whole different mindset one that is does not line up with me very much especially you know you say like that's how I play platformers like in this very sloppy way mm -hmm. I feel bad because I've been talking all the time Crystal's been like very silent yeah, this game is definitely a lot uh, longer and denser and more difficult than I remembered it being. Mm -hmm. I would say like 80% of the effective checkpoints are pretty good, but then 20% of them, are they just shoot you back way too far. You have to do too much to get back to, the, to where you were trying to go. It's, uh, it's like Dark Souls in that way. Okay, well, thanks for listening to No Mapping. It's it was specifically really aggravating for me on bosses because, like, some of the bosses, I had a hard time figuring out initially what I was supposed to be doing anyway. And so, as I'm trying to learn, like, I get ten seconds of learning before I mess up and hit the boss and have to go back and do it all again. 
like the the ghost boss the flames and the soccer boss uh in particular both took me a ton of time to figure out because uh i every time i tried to figure out what to do i would end up like failing to the point where i would have to get be sent back and do it all again um which is not like necessarily like the fish also was very aggravating in this exact way, which is uh, trying on my patience when I'm on a deadline. Uh, I I also remember playing Wario Land 2 as a game I would pick up and as a kid kind of pick at levels and try to find treasures. And maybe I'd be stuck on like a hidden treasure for like a week. And it's fine because that's how I'm playing the video game. Um, Part of being older and playing games means I don't play games like that anymore. Well, that was also like one of the things I found kind of interesting about this game is that like, it's from 2000, but it's the sensibility of this game feels much older, uh, and yet it also has the ambition of like a modern Nintendo game, even though it's on a Game Boy Color. So it's this w- wild mix of this huge Metroidvania-style game, uh, but with gameplay that's meant to be like poked at like you would like the original Zelda or something. Like not that obtuse, but it, it, it just it's a mix of sensibilities that's like really fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I think a mentality that helped me out with this game is that if I reached the point where I was stuck, I would just go somewhere else, because usually there's several places that you can go to progress. Mm-hmm. Mm. I didn't really... Oh, well, the thing that always stopped me with that was that you don't... You don't keep your keys. I think you should keep your keys, because you're like... I definitely also think you should keep your keys. Because I've like there are definitely stages where, like, I um would find... A, uh, like the gray and the red key and then I wouldn't be able to find either way to get to the chests so I would go to somewhere else but then I'd have to come back to that level and then I'd find the chest but forget where I'd found the key and have to backtrack a bunch um, and yeah and it's just very Game Boy gamey uh, in the sense that like not all of this stuff is being saved It it's kind of hacked together uh, and having ambition like a very like the, this game's a lot for like a Game Boy Color game um because it came out in 2000 and that's really interesting to me even though i don't like playing it Mm. yeah i was not actually able to finish this game before this recording i got about three out of five music boxes and 50 treasures Mm -hmm. and i was playing it like an hour every night yeah uh i finished uh i did the thing where if i got stuck too hard i just looked up the thing on youtube if you just type in every level in the game by name and then the color of chest you're looking for youtube's got your back Someone did all the work. Yep, I should have been. Warioland3.com is a very good site. What's okay. that about? It is a fan site about <laughs> Warioland 3 that is just oh. like a very well designed website that has clear guides for every uh, every chest and key. This is good. This mm. is like that. Um, oh, whatever that Mega Man site is that I always went to for my Mega Man guides. Mm. People like to fill in their guides for old games. Yeah. But uh, it's interesting because Game Boy Color is, to me, because I grew up with a Game Boy. Like, I had a Game Boy from my earliest memory, like, old-ass black-and-white Game Boy. And I think of Game Boy games, like, I enjoy them a lot, but I think of them as a very specific thing. And I got a Game Boy Color kind of late and then got a Game Boy Advance, like, as soon as it launched. So, to me, the Game Boy Color is an incredibly small window where I only maybe played one or two Game Boy Color games. And I always forget how very unique and strikingly, like, aesthetic and sound and feel of Game Boy Color games are. Uh, the, the sounds basically the like the sounds the same right it literally just adds yeah color. Okay. yes but also like if you play a lot of early Game Boy games and you listen to like what Nintendo was doing in games like Wireland three or games like uh like even Pokemon or like uh Link uh, Link's Awakening the way in which Game Boy music can just be the best type of chip two music is really profound I feel like uh yes no I I love Game Boy chip two music it's so good. But also, this game's just, like, really high-color, like, blue sky going around. Like, this game's cartoonishness is really appealing. Like, it's the thing Wario Land 2 has as well. But Wario is this big, giant sprite that animates very goofily. Uh, My favorite is when he gets inflated and he's just, like, the giant pufferfish version of Wario with his, Mm -hmm. like, giant red nose and his huge head. Uh, I love it a lot. Wario is very funny to me. Yeah, I'm really partial to the sprite work and particularly the style of coloring that was on the Game Boy Color. I think this mm-hmm. game is one of the best examples of it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and it's it's weird to me because like the ga- one of the Game Boy Color games I think of a lot when I think of Game Boy Color is Link's Awakening DX. But because that was a Game Boy game, I feel like its color is not inherent to like the design of that video game. 
because uh, I played it a dozen times in black and white. This game, I could not imagine being in black and white. I think it would take a lot of out of the design of it. Like, it's mm-hmm. such a, like, it's about, oh, you're in, like, an awful, like, volcano and it sucks and then you get to the top and oh there's a blue sky and the blue sky is the bluest blue you could ever ask for uh and that stuff is really nice and refreshing to me well yeah and also it has things like the day night cycle and everything um like the game is designed around color in weird ways like with its different colored crates uh with the way the like levels shift based on uh what like part of the cycle it's on um it's it's a very striking game uh, yeah, for sure. And if you've ever seen, like, Wario Land 4, that game has its own very specific art style. Uh, I've not played Wario Land 4, but I always thought it looked really gross, which is why I didn't play it. I, I think it looks okay, but, like, I feel like you have a much... Um, what's the word? Like, anything that looks like a Flash game, you are, like, repelled by in a way that I am not necessarily. I don't think it looks like a Flash game, necessarily. You said that. That is what you said to me the other day. Unless I'm misremembering. Are you sure? I'm fairly no, I think sure you're you... misremembering. Because I this was in the context of like us talking about bleed and you were like, Warrior Land. Anyway, that doesn't matter. I I don't mean to put words in your mouth, but that's maybe I've remembered wrong. No, no, no. Um, There's just something really like drippy and like kind of like independent comics about Warrior Land 4 where every monster has like weird little like bumps on them and they're all drooling and they all just look gross. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I feel like uh, when I look at footage of Game Boy Advance games, it's always the strangest of the like eras to look at footage of. I have I'm very used to looking at blown up footage of Game Boy games. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm very lo- used to looking at like blown up footage of DS games. But this like one specific era of sprite work blown up to YouTube size is always looks weird. So I ma- yeah. I imagine it would look better uh, just on a Game Boy Advance. Well, sure. I should just go play Wario Land Four and report back. Is what I actually should do. Mm-hmm. Crystal, you've played Wario Land 4, correct? Wario Land 4 is a very good game that I did not appreciate enough at the time because it was not Wario Land 3 again. Uh, and I ended up trading it for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 2 for the GBA, which is yeah, a fantastic game. also video. fantastic, yeah. <laughs> God, yeah, but uh, I want to go back and play Wario Land 4. Okay. Yeah, no, I, I'm interested in playing it... Uh, it's strange to me, given, like, my main, like, reference point with Wario is, like, Six Golden Coins I played a lot as a kid, but I always think of, like, WarioWare Wario as the de facto Wario, and so this, like, era of Wario games is very strange to me. It's, like, a different look of a character. Like, I just assume everyone thinks about Wario in X-Way, and then here's why. That's something very different, where he uh, is doing, like, off-kilter, almost, like, parodies of what Mario does in games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand like Wario as an idea more here because I also think of him in the Wario Land way, uh, the, the Wario Wear way. But this makes more sense of why he's like the fake Mario. Yeah, because uh, he's going around, but all he actually cares about is all the coins that Mario actually never really cares about because they're not about the coins. Um, no, Mario doesn't care about coins. I really love the artistic sensibilities in this game. Like uh, Mario Land One and Two are kind of the weird Mario Land games. Uh, they don't have, like, the same... Like, Mario eventually settled into a particular style. You got the Koopas, you got the Goombas, you got Shy Guys and stuff, and it kind of stuck to that for a really long time and even into today. Yes. Uh, Whereas Wario Land, like, every game feels really distinct from each other, and there's so many, like, weird clashing elements. Like, there's scientist guys with brain helmets who throw invisibility potions at you you touch bats and you turn into a vampire there's an evil big clown there's so many weird little things in this game mm-hmm. i was um it feels weirdly crash bandicooty in this sense i don't know if that's a bad thing to say but that's what it reminded me of in terms of just yeah sure fuck it there's a scientist guy hmm. um uh that's that's uh that's what it reminded me of uh and yes well- Oh, you, go you, you go. Well, it's interesting because like Wario Land or Mario Land specifically for the Game Boy was made not by Miyamoto and like the NES team, but is made specifically by the people who made Mario Bros. Like it's the arcade team getting a chance to make a console game, which is why it feels so weird to like compared to what we understand Mario to be. And in a lot in a lot of ways, like that sensibility of Trixie arcade secrets is kind of what informs like I think of Wario Land as being built out of not just Mario Land but also like Donkey Kong 93 which is a like single screen puzzle platformer game 
uh, mm-hmm. very specifically. And this team, like building this game out of that, and then knowing that the people who made this are the people who went on to make uh, WarioWare and uh, Rhythm Heaven and stuff like that. Like you can see the beginnings of the weird clashes of art styles and the like very anarchic sensibilities that inform those games. Like in this, like the villain is a giant clown, but also you're a zombie sometimes, and like a town is just being assaulted by zombies. And also there's a huge volcano that you fall into. Like the And also weirdness... it's inside a music box. Yeah, also it's all inside a music box. And every and Wario crashes his plane because he's an explorer and gets stuck to the music box and only agrees to help because everyone promises treasure. And he doesn't care who's promising it as long as someone gives up the goods. Yep. It's uh the sensibilities of Wario are good. Like with every, in a sense, Nintendo game from like before 2005 question mark there is always this like sadness of old nintendo and this weirdness going away just over the last decade um what do you mean i mean paper mario i mean like this game you, you didn't wouldn't see this today like nintendo no, no, that's uh, true. these kind of like weird experiments especially with like characters who are like have a um brand associated with them like mario and it has a brand wario has a brand all of these characters are like mascots in the sense uh that they have to fill these roles in marketing more than video games at this point um so you see a you see a little bit of that in uh like the ds and Wii era but most of it like it's tingle uh tingles like rosy rupee wonderland and it's like captain rainbow it's the stuff that didn't make it out like very far yeah like i, I know it like st- existed for longer than i think but it definitely trailed off and it's almost entirely gone now yes um like and obviously like the big point to the big point too is like the difference between thousand year door and every other paper mario game since right like it's there are only one design of toad in uh color splash i think it is yeah Uh, even though that is like a series built on the idea of mario characters with like unique personhood um Mm -hmm. mario odyssey is the first time i felt it in a while like the reveal of New Donk City with actual human beings next to Mario and possessing dinosaurs and stuff like that. That felt creative in a way Mario hasn't been in a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like we are we are avowed Mario Odyssey detractors, but the clash of art styles in Mario Odyssey is clearly the best part of that. Game. But also, like that's part of the reason of my disappointment in that because it set my expectations for like, oh shit, is this going to be the return of actual like kind of weirdness to Mario and Nintendo? And no, like it's fine. It's a new game and it does a bunch of weird stuff in the context of Mario, uh, but not to the like in the way that I would want. Like it upholds the idea of Mario a lot. Uh, more rigidly than I expected going in because uh, like I remember when people like before that game there was a sense of like real possibility that this could be fucking anything and then it was like you know Mario and Bowser have a fight and it's way more explicit about the peach stuff in ways that are very very uncomfortable and they shouldn't have done Uh, but no I I think yes I agree it's interesting the thing I think of specifically is New Donk City is a city of realistic humans that is built on New York, but is full of Donkey Kong references. But the only time you actually see anything that's actually Donkey Kong is the you can buy this at Target to put on your wall 8-bit Donkey Kong sprite from Donkey Kong the video game. Like, it doesn't do anything to move the needle on, like, a reinterpretation of Mario canon as we understand. Like, Mario is, like, Donkey Kong's not hanging out, like, in that, te- like, place as, like, a hyper-realistic gorilla or anything. It is just it is just the Donkey Kong sprite that you get to do as part of like a ritual of this is what Mario is. And like I kind of feel that way about that whole game. And like seeing stuff like this where, you know, the the villain of the Mario's like side series that nobody cared about that is just evil Mario going on and being like a greedy treasure hunter slash game designer is inspired in a way that like canon Mario never will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And I, I assume that this kind of like stuff will never just with the amount of people and money it takes to make a video game on any kind of like level of polish that Nintendo would find acceptable today. Like this stuff is just dead for like technological reasons, uh, but I'll still be sad about it. And I've got a lot of them to go play. Like there's a bunch of Nintendo games I haven't played. Yeah. And there's a lot of weird platformers that are not entirely dissimilar in like quality to this coming on like Steam and Switch and stuff all the time. Yeah. No, like just because Nintendo isn't doing it is like doesn't matter that much really. Yeah. I mean, it's sad because you don't get Wario doing it, and Wario is a particularly good character to me, but... Uh, there will never be another WarioWare. They killed it. Yeah, no, there won't be. I know. I understand. One, two, switch. Yep. 
God. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I guess that's like a good conversation. Do we like Crystal? Do you have anything more to say? I feel like we covered it. All right, Jackson. I'm sorry you did not enjoy the video game. It's fine. It's fine. Do you I, feel better about it in this conversation? I felt like we had a good conversation. This was a decent okay. conversation. That's my. It's opinion. not like it's not like we played different video games. <laughs> what? Like, well, like when I think of like our experience with games where we disagree, like I think about how we like Tony Hawk Project Eight, right? We played right, different yes. video games. <laughs> we did not play different <laughs> video games here. No, no, it is not Ninja Gaiden Black. It is not Tony Hawk. Yep. <sighs> oh, I'm sad about Tony Hawk again. Sorry. <laughs> So yeah, that is make Wario a sequel Land. to Tony Hawk GBA. Uh, I mean, Ollie Ollie exists. I, that's not quite the same thing. I that's not. Mm, that's not the same. That's not the same thing. Yeah, Crystal, what's your favorite Tony Hawk game? Uh, Tony Hawk Two for GBA. Oh yeah, of course it is. I didn't know if that like meant you had also had a bunch of like other Tony Hawk fandom. I mean, I played Tony Hawk Three for the original Xbox. That was pretty good too. Mm-hmm. It's no Tony Hawk Two for GBA. <laughs> I've I've played I I appreciate Tony Hawk 2 GBA but like I never had it at the time so it wasn't like something like a crazy thing to me if like wow this is cool they made it it's I'll be playing Project Eight that's who I am that's who I am I'll be playing Skate Two Skate Four never happening much <laughs> no. like Wario Land WarioWare anything fun Skate Four will never exist you wouldn't want it if they made it you definitely don't want it oh yeah he's doing remasters now so they might do Skate Three remastered. That'd be all right. Here is the thing: is I don't understand what happened culturally that people that like Skate Three is more beloved than Skate Two now. That happened, and I don't know how. Yeah, I, I was the most know. recent one. Yeah, I don't know. I don't understand. I feel, but I feel like Skate Three wasn't that like beloved when it came out, but like over time, no. it has become the one. Like part reference. of it, part of it was probably just the fatigue of you don't need a skate game every year, or two years, or like even two years. You don't need new skate games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I remember seeing Skate Three and being like, "I'm not done with Skate Two. I don't need a new skate. I never played Skate Three. Yeah. yeah, I think it's kind of a Rock Band Three syndrome where the third one is like technically the best one, but it doesn't have the same impact. But if you're gonna go back to one. You go back to that one. But I don't know. Skate 3 took out a lot of the personality of Skate uh, 2. Like, it moved the camera back. Um, the city's a bit less uh, interactive. And, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Skate 2 is a better game. And I don't, I just don't understand. It's fine. But this is the thing I have opinion about. It's a fairly short podcast. So I'm talking about Skate now. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's everything. Uh, we have a couple of questions. We do. We're going to take a musical break, though, because that's how the podcast works, Jackson. I thought we'd have already cut to the musical break with the magic of editing. some questions if you have questions you can send them to podcast at normalmapping.com uh we have two from twitter and we have one email so from twitter uh from jasmine we have how do you feel about the recurring theme where wario is an immortal being who changes shape for fun and puzzles slash profit do you remember the fancy youtube ad for wario land shake dimension where all the bits and bobs on the page went flying uh, i'm pretty sure that's wario land shake it uh in my region because uh, I don't know of any game called Shake Dimension. But yeah, there was a there was a weird, like, this was back before everyone had an ad blocker. It was like a weird over-the-top banner ad thing that was a Wario sprite, but you could shake all the page elements that had been, like, emulated in the ad. It was very cool. Wow, okay, that's weird. Yes. Wario Land the Shake Dimension in PAL regions, yeah. Yeah. I've never actually played Shake It. Uh, the I've best... heard it's bad. Uh, I know this is the thing that is usually cited, but absolutely the best bad Wii era um, PAL Nintendo title is Animal Crossing Let's Go to the City. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? 
uh, I don't understand why <laughs> Nintendo of Europe does the things it does for your region, because it's always a mistake. I feel like they've mostly done it so that anything that comes out in both places is usually just translated the same. Hilariously, sometimes that means that the UK translation comes first, and you have a game where you need to go make some shoes for Asani or something. I don't remember. Yes. I haven't, haven't played. Yeah, that was, that was Style Savvy 3. Style yes. Savvy. But also, they took the Booyah out of Splatoon. <laughs> Right, yes, the, the the up and down buttons in Splatoon are different in Europe. It doesn't say booyah. It's like yeah or something really boring, right? Yes, it is. It's yeah. Great. It sucks. Nintendo, what- Booyah's too spicy for Europeans. We did not stay spicy with the booyah. Uh, but in terms of the theming of Wario, it's cool. I think, like, we've talked about how the immortality is annoying in the design. Uh, but, like, the fact that Wario just, like, goes through various cartoon forms based on, like, cartoon logic is great. It's a cool idea, and it's good theming. Yeah, I mean, it makes it the kind of thing that, Mar- like, Mario characters are cartoons. So for Wario to actually be a Looney Tune who just can't die, like, Roger Rabbit-esque is mm-hmm. good. He is yeah. the character to have that be put upon. Yeah. Ah, uh, Wario is so put upon. Yep. Uh, from Joel, we have the question, which boss that's just two hands and a face across all of video games is your favorite? Two hands? I don't, like I, the final boss of this game is the big face, obviously. Yeah, you know, the, I know. Yeah. Um, and he, tur- he turns out to be an evil clown. He's not just two hands and a face, but for a while he's two hands and a face. Like, the part you strike is just two hands and a face. Because, uh, like, my brain immediately thinks of uh, Smash Brothers, but there's no face. There's no face. There's no the face. face is you, the player. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes. That's it. <laughs> I like Godon from Wind Waker. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I always think of Andros. Uh, I was on a, this podcast last month saying that I don't like Star Fox, but Andros is a good uh, head and two fa- uh, like head and hands. Um, and also in, in 64, at least, when you destroy the yes. head, he just turns into a brain and eyeballs, which is really fucking cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm, tr- yeah, I'm trying to think of like I can't think of that many like the ones you've said are all the obvious ones um, yep. as that Mario 64 thing inside the volcano uh, inside the pyramid oh right there is that's basically the exact same thing as yep. the Zelda boss we're talking about so oh, yeah and then there's like do that again in Odyssey like it's a Nintendo trope at this point yeah yeah no it's just a standard boss structure is a head and two hands you have to dodge the hands and then like hit the face sometimes you have to stand on the hands to get up to the face ooh yes I'm pretty sure that's how the big guts robot in Mega Man three works. Two? One of those. One of the, uh that'd be three, I think. Yeah. 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 Well there you and go. And then we got some questions from Crass. Uh, I will just fire these off as they come. Alright, Crass. What you got for me, Crass, today? Do you prefer Wario as a treasure hoarding dragon or as a capitalist games publisher? Uh I mean I if I had to choose, I would say capitalist game publisher, but I like the idea that Wario is both. <laughs> Uh, I like that games development is his number two. Like, that's his <laughs> fallback plan when treasure hunting doesn't work out. Yeah, sure. Crystal? I definitely prefer Wario Land over Wario Where. Mm-hmm. Okay. Also, every Wario Where opens with him literally just watching TV and say, like, seeing that, oh, like, the Nintendo DS is selling really well. I'm going to make my fake DS and sell it for less money. Uh, and it's the, it's the most like bald faced ridiculous nonsense. I love oh, it. Warrior is so good. Rip. Rest in peace, uh, Warrior. Crass asked if we had any experience with Warrior where DIY. I do not. So I did not. We have that one podcast we made. Yes, there is a podcast in which Wario appears. Uh, <laughs> yes. Do you do you know what episode that is, Jackson? Off the top uh, of your head, it's but it's it's one of the meta mappings we did. So it's it's still in the feed. It'll be on YouTube. Uh, it is called The King and W. <laughs> okay. Yes. Uh, well, Bowser we, and Wario both Bowser feature. And War- yeah, we interview Bowser and then we interview Wario. <laughs> yeah, Wario has now very dated things to say about games culture. Oh, he sure does. <laughs> yeah. Oh. If you, you care a, a lot about what games were like in 2014, Wario's got your back. You had a whole interpretation of like Wario and WarioWare through the idea of like Itchios and alt games, and none of that is relevant anymore. It's also dead. You know, games are a fast-moving space. Game jam is Wario just Mario? Sans respectability politics. No, Wario is unique. Wario is unique and special. I agree. The idea that Wario is like the base form of Mario is like no, he's just Wario. You know. Also, uh, Mario is not, like, actually has... Like, he doesn't have respectability politics. Mario is, like, a Goku-style idiot. Like, he doesn't actually know what's going on. Uh, this is true. I played yeah. Mario. Yeah. I played that. 
penguin murder mystery. Yeah. You, you've played Mario Odyssey. Like, Mario doesn't have agency and intelligence in his own world. Are you kidding me? What an idiot. <laughs> yeah. There's that new Super Mario Brothers 2 where he wanted money. That and is coin, true. He did want all the money. I don't know if they ever give a reason why he needs, like, a million coins, though. Yeah, the opening concept of that game is just Peach being kidnapped, right? Like, I remember that. Yeah. I don't think the the money thing is in anything other than, like, the counter and then the coins. You just, it, like, it pulls back at the end. It doesn't do this, but, because I've beaten that game. It pulls back at the end and just shows that Wario is the one who has designed this game. <laughs> he needs that treasure. He's going to get it both ways. He's going to get a successful game and a bunch of coins. You reach a million coins, and you put the final coin on top of the, like, pile, and then a trap door opens, and you see your number go down, and Wario's underneath for the big bag. Yep. Yep. No, he's actually underneath with his mouth open. And, <laughs> and, and like the noise of the Mario coin noise just hits a million yes. times in a row. Like, <laughs> yes, and then he like waddles off screen and it goes to the end. <laughs> and it just erases all your progress. You have to do it again. That would be fantastic. This is a much better game. And I like New Super Mario Brothers 2, but this is a much better game than New Super Mario Brothers 2. Nintendo hire us. Yep. Uh, and then the final question, I think is probably just for me, but Crass asked, did y'all play the Planescape Torment sequel? Uh, I have it. I bought you it. Planescape Tournament. <laughs> Planescape Tournament arc. So I played maybe about two hours of Torment Tides of Numenara. That's the name of that game. Uh, it's fine. It did not immediately grab me. I mean to go back. I've heard such middling things about it. And the actual RPG system seems like too finicky. Uh, because it it's like there's like five colors of alignment and how you answer questions like moves you on the alignment slider and that's automatically way too much for a game like that in my opinion um hmm. but i still tend to go back and see it out because i want to know what the sequel to planescape torment looks like i bet it's not going to be as good as planescape torment so well, if, if you just want another one of those please go play pillars of eternity it's good and a sequel that will probably be good is coming out very soon yeah you you really enjoy pillars yeah, Pillars is great. I love yep. that game a lot. I will play uh, Torment at some point. Knowing it's that fiddly is a little bit annoying because I, I, I come to Planescape to cheat and read all the text. Yeah, that's. I don't think that's possible in that game, straight up. So. Just because like, even if you turn all your stats to high, there's still like, too many things to just click on and do yep. and manage. Okay, that's a shame. Oh, well. Next month, Jackson, you are at the very end of your school career. Hopefully, fingers crossed, everybody. Jackson, I've never go back to school. Going to school this entire podcast. This podcast has been running for five years, and I've been at school the whole fucking time. Christ, what please have we done tell me what we're doing to celebrate you being busy. Uh, we're playing a short game, which means you should all play alone because it's one we like a lot. We're going to be playing The Floor Is Jelly, which is a PC game from 2013, I think. Now, um, it's old now. That's sad. Yep. Uh, it We're also playing another game, Jackson. Yes, we are. I've forgotten what it was. Yes, we are playing The Room Old Sins. Which is not an old game. It just came out. But we are covering it because we covered the other room games. So we felt it was only natural to cover the rest of the room. Yes, uh, we are going to be talking about that in segment two. And then we'll be playing The Room is uh, The Floor is Jelly uh, for the final segment. And that's going to be our podcast out next month. And then after that, I like April 30th is my final deadline day. So either I finish school or I fail. I'm not getting an extension. We're fucking done. Close the book. Uh, and then we're going to be playing Final Fantasy X-2 at some point in the future. All the big projects can resume. As, as soon as Jackson is able to take on a game of that scope, we will be playing it. I'm very excited. I can't wait. I'm so ready to get back to Final Fantasy. It's uh, time. Yes. There's going to be a little bit of downtime as I like mentally recover, but then we're back. Yes, that is the only thing standing in our way. Uh, the movie podcast will be up at some point. We're just Everything is about to become fairly active again, which I'm very excited for. It's never stopped being active, really. Oh, I mean, we've never been... Since the Patreon was launched, we've never been as unbusy as we were before you know i can't pronounce anything but the patreon is a lot of work <laughs> yes crystal one last time tell people where people can find you on twitter websites all those things oh you can find me at twitter at arcane crystal you can find me on audioentropy.com on the book of medora podcast and on the let's place podcasts by the time this episode of abnormal mapping comes out we will have released the lore episode on Four Swords Adventures. Nice. How much lore is in Four Swords Adventures? Uh, a lot more than you would think, actually. Okay. H- how many swords are there? Uh, there's four. Okay. I mean, there's one, but it splits into four. Hang on! Yeah. <laughs> 
There's not. There's one sword adventure. I've. I can't. If I can't believe no, well, it's this. the four sword, and when you draw the four sword, you split into four copies, each of which has their own sword. Wait, is it four sword apostrophe s adventure? No, it's four swords. No apostrophe adventure. I need an encyclopedia for this. <laughs> well, maybe you should listen to the podcast then. Uh, no, I should play some Zelda games and then listen to the podcast. Oh, Crystal, what's your favorite Zelda game for, before we finish? Oh, Majora's Mask. Okay. This is a acceptably wrong answer. <laughs> we are Link's Awakening oh. Cruise. Fuck off. <laughs> No, no, no. There's like except like there's many acceptably wrong answers. There's outright wrong answers. <laughs> okay, what and then the, there's the one correct. What's answer? an outright wrong answer? What are the acceptable answers? Go. I want. I just, just. I, I just quickly. We'll do, we've got time. We'll do this quickly. So acceptable answers are the original Legend of Zelda. Okay. Link to the Past. Okay. Ocarina of Time. Okay. Majora's Mask. Okay. Wind Waker. Okay. Breath of the Wild. That and. Link's Awakening is the correct answer above this. Yes. Right? So Link's yes. Awakening is the top, then those as yes. acceptable answers. Then you have wrong answers. Like, look, I'm a person who my second favorite Zelda is probably Link's Awakening. It's a wrong, a- or not Link's Awakening, uh, Link's Adventure, The Adventure of Link. That's a wrong answer. I understand that. It's still my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, Link Between Worlds, also a wrong answer. Yeah. Like, it's it's a great game. It's still just Link to the Past again. <laughs> yeah, sure. Oh, I'm so glad I found more Link to the Between Worlds, not Likers. Oh, no, no, I think it's a great game. I love it, but um, it's not like the best Zelda. That's ridiculous. And then the, the Skyward Sword lovers have to be out there. Bless them. Oh, yeah. Bless them. No, the oh, Skyward Sword me. people are oh, in the Outer Darkness. what's your feeling of, of on Skyward Sword? <laughs> Skyward Sword is a fantastic video game, and both my co-hosts like it, too. <gasps> cursed, <laughs> cursed opinion, cursed podcast. <laughs> I'm glad that you. It would suck if you like had to hold that opinion alone in your podcast, in your Zelda podcast. Uh, I I will play it one day. I'll you play also it. like the DS games. Uh, people liked yep. Phantom Hourglass. I remember when it came. Yeah, people people are wrong in all sorts of interesting ways, aren't they? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, that's that's all Zelda minutes. Uh, yep. So. You can find me at HeadfulsOff on Twitter. You can find the other podcasts we do at AbnormalMapping.com. There is Second Officer Slug, which is a Star Trek podcast at the at StarTrekPodcast.space. We read Star Trek books. We watch Star Trek episodes. It's a good time. Uh, there is the Amri Score, where me and Molly are going through the hell that is the Amri Wars, the Coheed and Cambria comic. Oh, my God. It's a whole disaster. Please listen to it. I need Mayo.com. It's a good time as well. There is Fireside Friends, which is Ryan, Alan, and Katie's podcast. It is very good. Uh, it is now monthly, uh, and you should listen to it. Firesidefriends.net. Um, Jen, M, and Six do um, a novel not new. Every month you are playing a visual novel. Uh, the episode for Valhalla came out recently, and you have... No, no, no. no. Recently, the episode for Butterfly Soup came out by the time this goes up. <laughs> Oh, that's going up first? Okay, yes. So, yes. yes uh, this, just... is, this comes out in three weeks, Jackson. Fuck, it does. Right, we're not putting yes. it up. It's the 4th of March. Yes. <laughs> uh, recently, the episode for Butterfly Soup just went up. Uh, and you can listen to that. It's It'll be good. I believe it to be good. I need to play Butterfly Soup before I listen, because that game's apparently fantastic. Yes. Um, aside from that, hand off. <laughs> uh, this podcast is supported on Patreon. You can go to patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. For $1 pledges, you get our Gundam podcast, The Great Gundam Project. Me and Jackson watch two episodes of Gundam a week. We talk about them. The episodes go up every Wednesday. Uh, we are going to record an episode later this afternoon after Jackson finishes watching Gundam. Uh, it's great. We're in Zeta right now. Uh, we will continue to be in Zeta by the time this podcast goes live. We'll be in Zeta until uh, late summer, probably at this rate. Uh, so please look forward to that. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at em underscore being. If you go to YouTube, type in abnormal mapping, you can get my let's play of Dark Souls 2, which I hope to record an episode tonight. So that'll be up, continuing to go up. I will not be done with Dark Souls by the time this episode goes live, because Dark Souls is a long game, and I only play it a half hour at a time. You will never uh, be done with I mean, you're picking at that with no schedule. It's like the actual yes. way to play Dark Souls and stay sane. Yes. Uh, and that's everything. Thanks, everybody, for your support. Thank you, Crystal. Uh, check out all of the things. Thank you, Crystal, of course. Yes. Uh Wario, he's gonna win. Um, yeah, no, he's gonna win. That's that's what he says. It's, are we really ending on that? 
I don't know. I was hoping Chris would say something. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yep, now we're done. <laughs> Fantastic. God, good podcast.